Robinson. This is Sunday Morning Live. Thank you for watching. If you're watching uh, live or by replay, if you're watching on Facebook or watching on YouTube, I appreciate all of it. Um, let me know in the chat. <laughs> if you are watching by Facebook and you haven't yet found and subscribed to my YouTube channel, that would be cool. That's a way you can support um, what we're doing without uh, really any effort, just if I can increase subscribers and get more likes and comments on YouTube, helps the algorithms. So YouTube will uh, let more people see the video. <laughs> so I hope everybody's doing well. I'm running <clears throat> about 15 minutes late. Um Simply because of technology. <laughs> I was I was looking at a post that someone put that lives, one of my Facebook friends that lives uh, in Pueblo, and uh, they put up a, a Facebook post about Pueblo being the armpit of Colorado. And it's typically, gosh, my hair right here is bugging me. Anyway, it's typically considered that by most people that live in Colorado, the armpit of Colorado. Um, there's a meme that goes around every once in a while where you've got, uh, it's from the Lion King, where um, Simba and his father, why can't I remember his dad's name right now? Um, anyway, the father and son, I've seen that movie like a thousand times. Um, they're, they're sitting and they're looking over the elephant graveyard and it's all black. And he says, he says, uh, dad, what's that shadowy part over there? And his dad says, that's, uh, uh, elephant graveyard, son. We never go there. And there's this, um, meme that goes around about Pueblo that uses that. Uh, <clears throat> And um, so all of that to say that where I live in particular, we still, oh, yeah, Julie says Mufasa. <laughs> Mufasa, that's right. Scars is the bad guy, right? So Mufasa and Simba, look it out. And that's how people feel about Polo. And uh, and I, you know, this person's post, they were like, it really isn't that bad. I mean, we've got all the benefits of living in Colorado where a lot of people want to be, but we don't have the same traffic. I mean, the traffic in Colorado Springs and Denver and Boulder, Fort Collins has just gotten completely out of control. It's horrible. And the cost of living is even worse than the traffic um, up in those places. So we get to live uh, just, you know. Hop, skip, and a jump away from Colorado Springs, away from the mountains, away from skiing, and cost of living is much lower. As a general rule, the people are nice, as much as you can be in our society today, I guess, because uh, it seems like we've lost civility and decency and manners. Um, but anyway, all that to say, my Internet kind of sucks there. But... They're promising us that we're going to get faster and newer Internet. Uh, <clears throat> and every time we think that we should be getting it, they kick the can down the road. So anyway, my wife told me 
two more weeks, we should have some better internet. So I'm hoping that a lot of my technology challenges will go away. <laughs> I can be more consistent with creating content and stuff like that. And always technology challenges. I was going to do something last week, uh, last Monday night, like I typically do, where I was going to follow up with, uh, you know, the Sunday morning live video for the people that are in the New Day Global group. And, uh, I got to watching, um, uh, football, which I'm not used to that being on Mondays this time of year. And, um, anyway, I forgot what day it was. So there's those issues as well. Yeah, Roger says, may we never down here turn into Denver. Amen. Sandra said, love visiting Colorado. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we got to meet with Sandra and her husband. It was a great time. Um, at a really nice little gem of a restaurant in Colorado Springs. So, all right. So, if you saw the title, um, clicked on it, <clears throat> clicked on this because you saw the t- title. Uh, I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare today and considering how much I have deconstructed from Christianity and all of that stuff um, I think it might surprise you the way I'm going to frame this and talk about this and answer this but I hope it'll be valuable to you so uh, it's funny you know you watch people I've watched people deconstruct that were pastors, preachers. Um, they weren't just buying into what was out there, but they were selling it. <laughs> um, and you all know who you are. <laughs> and it's funny how we go through phases. And there's like this wake-up phase, especially if you are from the uh, Pentecostal, charismatic, word of faith, um backgrounds, if that was your background, if that's where you're, you did your ministry, that kind of stuff, then, you know, we talked way too much about the devil. We talked a lot about the devil and what the devil was doing to resist us or oppose us or make our lives difficult or cause us to do things. And we preached that stuff. And a lot of us, uh, I know a few, really got into, because they told me privately, personally, you know, when they were in their ministry, they really got into spiritual warfare. They really got into intercession and prayer and prayer meetings and all this kind of stuff. And then invariably, um, they go through a phase. <laughs> we all did. We all did this. Where you deconstruct from the devil. It's no longer the devil, you know, that's attacking you. And people say, well, once um, I stopped believing that the devil was attacking me or that there was a devil, once I stopped believing in the devil and stopped believing that the devil was attacking me, then it all stopped. <laughs> all the attacks and all that stuff stopped. And I just think, wow, um, did life stop for you? Because... <laughs> Life can be difficult, right? I mean, it's just, it's just the reality of it. Like, bad things happen to good people. People suck sometimes. 
and do some really crappy things to you. Or, you know, you can just go through stuff, right? And it's just called life. And, you know, maybe back then we did blame it on the devil because our expectation was that we wouldn't have to do our human existence, that we wouldn't have to do life, right? And so if anything bad was happening, anything bad was going on, then it was certainly the devil. So, you know, like, but here's where religion, this is what we do with religion, this is what we do with spirituality. Spirituality, if anything, is a search for meaning in life, right? Like, what does life mean? Why am I here? Who am I? Where am I going? Those kinds of things. And so then, of course, we're looking for uh, trying to understand the problem of evil, trying to find meaning and frame what's happening in our lives that might be negative or where there might be opposition to us and that kind of stuff. And so we added a lot of meaning where, and it depends, you know, on, on how you were taught or how you believed, but we believed in a cosmology that was populated by a bunch of uh, evil spirits, demons, you know, fallen angels, that were attacking us and think about the ego with this, right? Like we were so important to the kingdom. We were so important, whatever it was that we were doing, whatever it was that we were going to say, it was so crucial to the kingdom of God or people's lives or uh, whatever that of course the devil would be attacking and coming at us. And, or, you know, the devil is holding people's minds in bondage, holding people's minds in deception, and whatever, so that they won't believe in the gospel, so they won't believe like us, or so that they'll go do things, you know, naughty things, things that we thought were naughty, which usually involved somebody in the bedroom, (laughs) or what they were doing in their bedroom, or whatever. But I think you get the point. Causing us to fall into sin, All that stuff can be framed as coming from the devil and can be framed as spiritual warfare or unseen warfare. In other words, the idea is generally, no matter how it works, no matter how it plays out, that there is an unseen force, an unseen enemy, an unseen power that is causing something negative to happen in our lives. And so when we deconstruct, especially some of these pastors, there's, there's this thing in psychology, there's a psychological, uh, thing that we do when we have an experience. Usually this happens in families. Usually this happens with the way you were raised as a child and how you think about parenting and how I'm not going to be like one of my parents, but it's called a reaction formation, a reaction formation. And so what that means is instead of something being clearly thought out critically or whatever and arriving at a conclusion through critical thinking, we have this emotional reaction or we we just, you know, kind of let the pendulum swing to the other direction. And then we hold a position from a place of emotion rather than from a place of 
really being rational, but we think we're being rational. We think we've thought it out. We think we've had good critical thinking when in reality we're just hurt or we're just offended or we're just making an emotional decision. Every belief, by the way, has emotions in them. So we do this all the time. In fact, what separates, according to psychologists, what separates a thought from a belief is the investment of feeling in that thought. So it's as though thought and feeling get together and have babies, and these babies are called beliefs. So every belief has an element of emotion in it. So when you believed, or if you believe in spiritual warfare, or when you believed in the devil, and when you believed the devil was attacking you, or that you had to go and do, you know, warfare praying and all of this stuff, there was emotion tied to it. Absolutely. See, people say, well, you know, the charismatic Christianity is all emotionalism. It's just all emotion. Every belief is an emotion. Atheism is an emotion. <laughs> the belief that there is no God is a thought invested with emotion. And if you didn't have emotion invested in it, some of y'all wouldn't be out there t- t- posting these memes and talking about it all the time. And so, you know, every belief has emotion. And this is important to understand because what can happen is, is that when we discover that a belief was wrong or that a belief didn't work for us or we just don't like that belief anymore or we get hurt because of that belief, then we can emotionally form what's called a reaction formation, where the only reason I'm believing this is because I'm reacting to that. In other words, this isn't uh, a more sound, truthful, honest, critically thought out belief. I'm just pissed off. I'm just hurt. I'm just reacting to what was. And so at some point, then uh, there's no devil. It's funny how black and white all this stuff is, right? Either it's, it's, it's amazing to me that we just go from one black and white category, one either or, one bifurcated category to another bifurcated category. And we do it with just as much zeal. In other words, here's what I mean. It's like when we believed in Christianity, when we believed in the faith, when we believed in in God, then we were all in, we were all in mentally, we were all in emotionally, and all that stuff, and we thought we were right, we had all the apologetics, we had all that stuff, the other group is wrong, right, Um, the other group is picking on us, or whatever, and then we can't find, like, a happy middle ground, you know, (laughs) when when we deconstruct, when we realize there's some religious trauma, For a lot of us, we don't find sort of a a middle ground, a middle place. We don't just find a healthier version of religion. And by the way, not all religion is crap or bad for people. That's just people that go out and say that like it's just reaction formation. It's just emotions. It's just bitterness. And I can say that with confidence scientifically, because when I began to study religious trauma, I looked at the scientific literature in psychology. And some people are so whacked out in their head that they don't even think psychology or psychological research is actual scientific research. I mean, I've run into this stuff. It drives me crazy because you're just hell bent on uh, believing in materialism and scientific materialism and that that is all there is and that matter is based reality and more and more and more uh, science and quantum physics seems to be proving that matter isn't based reality at all but that consciousness and mind and idealism 
is probably base reality. And if nothing else, it is base reality for you because if consciousness is not primary, you cannot have an experience because it requires consciousness to have an experience. If consciousness is not primary, you cannot have a belief because it requires consciousness to have a belief. But there is no scientific explanation that that can explain how matter gives rise to consciousness. It's called the hard problem of consciousness. <laughs> like this is this is like Google. <laughs> Anyway, because it drives me nuts. But there is psychological research that indicates that people who have a spiritual life, people who have a religious connection, live longer, have healthier brains, are happier, are more fulfilled, etc., 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 in fact, one of the things that caused me to kind of kind of deconstruct and wake up was about 10, 15 years ago, there was a study that was done by, I think it was Stanford. <coughs> Again, because I was looking at the, the scientific literature and the psychological literature about religious trauma because nobody was talking about religious trauma because so many studies have been done that shows that religious beliefs can be beneficial for people. That it's actually beneficial for people. And there was this one in particular, it was either Harvard or Stanford, it was, you know, one of the really uh, top, you know, schools in the nation. And they said that people who had religious beliefs had a larger and healthier hippocampus. They were talking about the hippocampus, part of the brain. And that they tended to live longer. There was one exception to the rule. The one exception to the rule <laughs> was evangelicals and Catholics. Now, that's a large swath. That's a large swath. And people say, well, see, see, see. Now, again, in this study, the vast majority of people who affiliated with some belief in God, with some sense of spirituality, with some kind of church affiliation, the majority of the people did better. Much better than atheists. The one group that didn't, the slice of the study that didn't, had a very strong belief that God was mad at them, that God was angry at them, or that they themselves, they were focused on themselves as a sinner. So one could argue that it was as much the beliefs and emotions that they held about themselves as about God that made the difference. And the difference was this. They actually had a smaller hippocampus. In other words, the, the study went in the opposite direction. People that believed negative things about themselves, people that believed negative things about God, about God hating on them or God's going to judge them or God's going to send them to hell. They actually had a smaller hippocampus than anybody else in the study. And so it was clear that those types of religious beliefs cause brain damage, that those types of religious beliefs make you dumber. They make you stupider. <laughs> that like if you were part of a religious system like I was, there's another study that was done um that I read, if you were part of a religious system like I was, or like some people that I've known on this platform, where it was just negativity all the time, it was you have to fix yourself, you have to conform to the image of Christ, you have to kill your flesh, you have to kill your sexuality, 
that actually that does brain damage. It does actual brain damage. And one place in the study they said it can be the same as brain damage that's done from a lifetime of alcohol and drugs. And so, of course, we're not going to be thinking clearly when we come up under that. Of course, we're going to kind of lose our minds and not be able to understand uh, just some basic things about neuroscience or about consciousness or about reality. We're going to misunderstand and we're going to project and we're going to do all that kind of stuff for, for a lot of us because we were just tortured in those systems. And those systems are negative. Those systems, those beliefs need to be torn down. And I'm here for it, man. But to say that all religion is bad is intellectually dishonest. It doesn't, the, the literature does not support your claims when you say that, all right? So I'm just saying that we sometimes we go to this, like, reaction formation where we go too far the other direction, and we're doing it from a place of emotion and doing it from a place of hurt, right? And then we do it just as zealously. We do it just as zealously as we did. So it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like if if you – I love people that have passion. I love people that have zeal. I love people uh, – obviously, I'm that kind of a person. I'm getting passionate right now, right? And I love to share ideas, and I love to share things that will help people, and I love to make people think, and I like to be a little bit contrarian. In other words, when the herd is going this way, I have a tendency to want to go this way. Like, I just have a hard time following the herd, and that's gotten me in a lot of trouble. It's caused me to lose a lot of relationships. It's caused me to be misunderstood. It's caused me to be maligned. Even within the last month, some guy, some guy that basically just lives in his mother's basement, has no job, has nothing to do, has, uh, I guess, a girlfriend, and that's about it, but has nothing to do but sit there and just ruminate in his own head and has gotten crazy, has completely lost touch with reality and has no ability to, I mean, the conversation I had with this person was absolutely nuts. They were completely off their nut with me. They were completely off their rocker. The things they were saying about me were completely untrue, right? Completely. And then would, would not listen, would not listen at all. I tried to respond to this person with their crazy, stupid accusations, deranged accusations. I tried to respond to them, and they cut me off. I'm serious. I didn't even get like two sentences. And they're like, oh, you're getting angry. Well, yeah, I'm getting angry. You don't punch somebody and then not expect them to hit back. <laughs> this person, like... Came at me with spiritual violence, verbal violence, calling me up, getting in my space. And when I went to defend myself, then acted like they were the one, the victim. They were attacked. They were the one. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then took to their social media platform, you know, and blocked me, blocked everybody I knew. So they could take to their social media platform and start just spreading lies about me. And spreading lies about what happened. And and play the victim. <laughs> Play the victim. Oh, oh, I'm such a prophet. And I saw this. And, and so now I'm being persecuted. Now I'm being cut off. I, and in one video that I saw was crying. He got cut off when the reality was the guy wouldn't listen. I'm still his friend, still want to be his friend. He hangs up on me and then blocks me and everybody I know and then goes out and lies and tells people that he was the one that was cut off. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. People are crazy. And this person has no life. They have nothing to do. Completely dysfunctional. No fruit. Jesus said you'd know them by their fruits. Jesus said consider the outcome of their faith. You know, like, why would anybody want to follow you, dude? 
I was trying to help him out. Ah, somebody says you're not getting triggered, are you? I don't know. Depends on what you mean by triggered. Um. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can go on Facebook and find that comment. Because I, I can't see, like, like who... Um, I can see that people are posting, but I can't see, like, who's posting. All right, so what's my take on spiritual warfare? All right, so let's let's back up and just talk about this. Um, so I definitely, definitely believe that... <laughs> Johnny says it's definitely a sore spot for you. I have no idea uh, what they're even talking about. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's funny. This is so funny, and it's hard. You, you, you get up, you do this, you put yourself out there like this, and I do it because I want to. I mean, I'm not, you know, but people are so damn critical. They're so damn judgmental. Like, you know what, guys? We're human beings. Yeah, maybe I did get triggered. What's the big deal? I don't think I was triggered, but what's the big deal? Or if something's a sore spot, you know, like, what's the big deal? Why do you have to be so stinking judgmental? And then go and put that out there. Like, just stop, man. Just stop. Knock it off. Like, we aren't changing the world through being keyboard warriors. Let's just realize it and let's lighten up on each other. Like I'm so tired of not, of people just not allowing other people to be human beings. Who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> I mean, seriously, how are you so much better than the rest of us? All right. I, I, I did get triggered that time. That time I got triggered. And you know what? I don't care. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly human. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to legislate out your emotions, and it's not the devil. All right, back to uh, back to uh, spiritual warfare. So I believe there are unseen and invisible and non-material causes to things that happen in our lives because I believe consciousness is fundamental. Consciousness is base reality. It is absolutely basic. The mind is basic. Uh, to go back to the Kabbalion, all is mind. So matter is a manifestation of mind. It's an aspect of mind. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the Logos, right? Which, by the way, that's not a Christian thing. That is a Platonic thing. That goes back to uh, Plato's philosophy and I think even back further than that, like to Pythagoras and probably back to the Egyptians, Maybe even further back than that, the idea of the Logos, the idea that all is mental, that consciousness is fundamental. Consciousness is fundamental reality. Consciousness is not the byproduct of materialism. It's not the byproduct of matter. It's a little bit of hair right here. Um, it is fundamental. It is primary. It is base existence. This this same person was like, eh, I don't want to get into it. Um, so if that's true, then mind over matter can be a thing. Mind into matter could be a thing. The law of attraction could be a thing. Life after death could be a thing. Um, God could even be a thing. And that's why so many atheists just 
argue from a position of scientific materialism, making presuppositions that they don't even realize that they're making. And I'm fine with atheists. I really am. I'm, you know, to a large extent, I appreciate the arguments. Um, but it's just too extreme for me. It's just like a reaction formation for me. All right? I just can't go there. I've never been able to go there. I've been honest about it. Definitely dealt with it and thought through it, but I've just been honest. I can't do that. So if consciousness, in other words, if there is an aspect to reality that is non-material, in other words, it cannot be observed, it cannot be measured, it cannot be verified, and it cannot be repeated, but it does have existence, and it does have influence and impact upon seen reality, then that would mean, so in other words, if I can influence positive effects through my intention and my thoughts and my imagination, if I can manifest anything based on my beliefs, if my thinking and feeling has any influence over things like health, and prosperity and things like this, then there is a causation, there is a causal factor to mind. If that's the case, then there can also be then, this is just seems like common sense to me. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. So then that just means that there can be things that are unseen that I would call spiritual, but it doesn't matter. Use whatever term you want. Things in consciousness, things in mind, things in the spirit, whatever, that can oppose you or attack you or come against you that you will have to address and that you will have to deal with or that you will have to go to war with because you can't just lay down with it. You can't just lay down with it and accept it. Like, you cannot get through this life being a weak person, being a weak-minded person, being a person who does not know how to set appropriate boundaries. Like this individual I was telling you about a month ago, like, you know, called me up and had a discernment about me and could see something in my life and was there anointed by God as a prophet to show me what I couldn't see in my own heart. It was ridiculously stupid. But if I was a weak-minded person, if I actually thought this other person was this great anointed prophet, which I never thought that, I thought they had a lot of good things to contribute and was trying to help them build a platform and was a friend, but I never considered them to be super-duper anointed or insightful or revelatory or prophetic. Even the times that they gave prophetic words, they were simple and basic prophetic words. There was nothing of detail or power or anointing or effectiveness in any of it, right? But if I believed that, and, and this is why, you know, because I've been watching this stuff on cults, and these people are dangerous. If you don't have good boundaries, people will get inside your head. They will mess with your head, and you will have to deal with all kinds of consequences down the road. So it's very important that you know yourself and you know who you are. Go back and watch uh, Freeology Friday if you haven't where Derek Day and I talk about this idea of self in the West and no self in the East and neuroscience and, and what it means. And how important it can be to have a healthy ego, to know who you are, and to be strong in it. You can't get through this life 
I mean, people will prey on you if you're weak. They just will. You can't get through this life, right? So, so, but that's a natural cause. That's just somebody being a jerk, right? That's just somebody being a jerk, trying to ruin my day, jealous of the platform I have, I suppose. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know why you'd be jealous of my platform because it ain't that big and ain't that great, but it's about 10 times the size of that guy's or 20 times the size of that guy's platform. So I guess maybe, you know, might be jealous, but regardless, that's somebody being a jerk. That's somebody being an idiot. That's somebody being deranged. And we all have to deal with that. Somebody who has no manners, who has no sense of boundaries, who has no civility and masks it with spirituality, masks it as being prophetic and all that kind of stuff. That's a natural thing. And that can affect us. That can impact us. That can impact the way we feel about ourselves. It can impact the way we feel about life, right? It can get inside our head, inside consciousness, and change things for us. But... What if it's also possible for people to attack you psychically, for people to attack you in mind, for people to attack you in prayer and have it have an effect or an impact on you? I don't just believe this is true. I know this is true. I've experienced it. I experienced it this week. Same individual. Like they just fall in hate with you. And they might think they're praying for you. They might think they're blessing you. They might think they're helping you. No, they want to control you. They want to take over your mind and your will. That's what a lot of prayer is. That's what a lot of Christian prayer is. I don't, God respects your free will. Even if you believe, if you believe in God, and even if you believe that God will send you to hell, God will respect a person's free will and right to go to hell if that's the case. God doesn't even intervene. But we sit there like manipulative little vipers, man, thinking that we know better for everybody than they know for themselves, and we'll get in our little prayer meetings, and we'll target people, and we will intercede so that they will make the decision that we want them to make about how they're going to believe and how they're going to live their lives. Think about that. So if... We are all aspects of this one mind. If we are all aspects of this greater mind, but we have these dissociative boundaries, then it is possible <coughs> for people, excuse me, <coughs> it is possible for people, <coughs> potentially, to send out signals. Or if someone falls in hate with you, right? Um, somebody falls in hate with you. Somebody becomes obsessed with you. Somebody thinks about you and thinks negatively about you a lot. Somebody wants to do you harm. For whatever reason, who knows why we do these things? It may be warranted. It may be unwarranted. It may be justified. It may be unjustified. But they become obsessed with you. And through their obsession and their intention... They can end up creating thought forms. In Buddhist tradition, they're called tulpas. In Wiccan and magical traditions, they're called servitors. Where they literally can create a conscious entity, because consciousness is a thing, right? They can literally create these conscious entities. Entities, they can create these dark clouds. They can create thought forms and invest them with evil intention or invest them with positive intention that is manipulative and controlling and, and 
trying to violate your sovereignty. They can do it knowingly or unknowingly. And so they invest these thought forms. So in prayer, a lot of times what we did is pick an individual and we're going to pray for this person. And maybe they asked for prayer, but maybe they didn't. And oftentimes they didn't. Oftentimes it was some uh, lady's son or some lady's grandson or grandchild that they had to pray into the kingdom of God or they had to pray their sexual demons out of them or something. And so you focus on them. And you make declarations, and you release energy, and you release thought, and you release emotion, and then you can send it to them like a like a dark cloud, or like I said, somebody can be in hate with you, and they can send you a dark cloud, and that can invade your space, that can come into your life, that can overcome you and begin to affect how you think, and it's not you. And here's the truth. The more intuitive you are, the more psychic you are, the more psychically sensitive that you are. The more light you have, the more susceptible, the more susceptible you are to noticing those attacks. If you're just, you know, a complete spiritual dud, if you have no sense of intuition, if you have no psychic tuning whatsoever, if you have no very little empathy, and especially if your belief system is, Science and matter is all that there is. This physical reality is all that there is. This three-dimensional world is all that there is. You're not going to pick up on this stuff. Your radio is not going to be tuned to it. But if you are naturally sensitive, if you are naturally psychic, if you are naturally in tune, you're going to pick up on it. Not only are you going to pick up on it, but you'll be able to pick up on the specifics and sometimes even know where it came from, the person that sent it to you, and what they were thinking and saying when they did it. I've had this happen to me so many times. So this is a very real thing. Now, that's just people that are operating at a very low level of what you might want to call black magic. Operating at a very low level of manipulation and control. But there are, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, my one of my kids is very psychically sensitive and intuitive and he's had to deal with this same kind of stuff and he's had to deal with dark entities evil entities not just thought forms not somebody that fell in hate with him he's too young to really have somebody that fall in hate with him and do a magical attack on him i've certainly had magical attacks what's a magical attack where they summon an evil entity and send it to you with evil intention not just the thought form but put a literal curse on you That is a thing. That is a real thing. I've experienced it. I've had to deal with that kind of stuff. Not recently, but I've had to deal with that kind of stuff. And my son has picked up on that kind of stuff and had that kind of stuff happen to him. I I remember, I don't want to go into the details of the situation, but he comes home. He's like, Dad, he describes for me uh, really an ancient archetypal demon. Now, he was too young when we, I, I mean, He was too little before we deconstructed to have any recollection of that kind of stuff. And that thing was in his mind. And we had to pray and we had to take authority over that. We had to do some stuff to break that thing out of his mind because it was trying to take control of him. We had to do some things to defend ourselves. We had to do some things to push back. This stuff is very real. It's very real. Right? And like I said, but see, he's very intuitive. He's very psychically sensitive. And he ended up being in a place 
where there was a lot of generational trauma going back to the, considering where I live, talking about where I live, and what colonialism did to the Native American. And, you know, we effed with some burial grounds we shouldn't have. And he was in that general vicinity and space where there have been lots of tragedies and lots of bad things have happened and a lot of unexplained incidents. And he knew nothing about it, knows nothing about it, and has an experience where this he sees this entity, it invades him, and he can tell me things about that space that he should not know, that I know to be true. And then, I won't go into the rest of it because it was... It's too private, but it was bad. It was really bad, and we had to address it. And thank God, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If I did, if I was just your garden variety atheist, if I was just your garden variety run of the mill uh, scientific materialist, I wouldn't have known what to do. I would have just told him it's his imagination, that it's not real, whatever, and he would have stayed in his torment. Or worst case scenarios, because he has these experiences, he's seeing things that other people don't see, he's hearing things that other people don't hear, he's knowing things that other people don't, that he doesn't have any natural knowledge or way of knowing. And I might take him to have a psychiatric evaluation. And who knows, by the time he's 23, they might label him as uh, schizophrenic, schizotypal. Or ever. Schizoaffective, I can't remember. It's been a while. I should know this. <laughs> anyway, they label him some kind of schizoid or some kind of delusional disorder and then maybe put him on medication to numb him out. Or what that entity intended for him could have happened and he wouldn't be here anymore. So I do think it's important to recognize that just because you don't believe in the devil anymore, just because, <clears throat> you know, you don't have this simplistic, childlike faith in this total dualism of all light and good over here and all dark and evil over here. You say, I don't believe in the devil, and when I quit believing in the devil, the devil quit attacking me. That does not mean, that does not mean that that stuff does not exist. I don't believe for one second that there is a army of demons that is uh, headed up by some fallen angel who was a worship leader in heaven. I think that's silly. I think that's ridiculous. I think it's stupid. I think you really have to be stupid to believe that. And I believed that at one point in time. <laughs> and I was dumb. I was stupid. Like, just a few rules in life, right? Don't be dumb. Don't be in a cult. <laughs> Those are two pretty good rules to follow in life. Um. But just because you don't believe in that, just like I would say, just because you reject the God of the Bible does not mean that there's not a God or that there's not a benevolent God or that there's not a creator. But we just have in our minds, like, it's got to be one or the other. It's either I've got to believe this or I've got to, you know, believe in nothing. I've either got to believe in the devil or there's no spiritual warfare at all. I've either got to be doing spiritual warfare the way I did it when I was in church, or there is no such thing as spiritual warfare. Well, there is such a thing as psychic attacks, and there is such a thing as entities out there that are malevolent, that don't 
don't have your best intentions at their heart, right? So there's all kinds of stuff that you could be dealing with. So the thing is, all of us, I think, go through situations. You, you guys tell me in the comments, and I'll go back. Um You ever just go through a day, an hour, a week, where you're just not yourself? Where, for no reason at all, you become anxious. For no reason at all, you just become depressed and you're not prone to depression. Intrusive thoughts come your way about self-harm. Um... You just randomly decide you don't like someone or change your mind about someone or something important in your life. Like, you know, like, like you ever just wake up and it's like this, just this dark cloud comes out of nowhere. The negative thinking comes out of nowhere. Um, thoughts of self-harm come out of nowhere. <laughs> Am I talking to myself? Let's, let's see. Let's see in the in the comments. See if anybody can relate to this. Um, <laughs> you can vent. Somebody says you can vent. Uh, we're no better than you. We're listening. I appreciate that. Um, I'd be angry if it's not nose troll. <laughs> if it's not nose troll, targeted me. Targeted me as well. Um, let's see. I guess I could show some of these. Do you believe Ephesians 6.12? Not in a literal sense. Uh, In love and respect for you, it's important to understand your triggers. (laughs) In love and respect for you, it's important to understand your triggers or sore spots. That particular individual has taken up a lot of real. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, taken up a lot of real estate in your mind. With all due respect, um, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, I don't know what you think you're going to accomplish by sharing that kind of comment. Like, ugh, really gross and yucky. You don't know what real estate is happening in my mind. You're making assumptions and probably projecting. But anyway. Um, <laughs> just your reaction to us highlighting that is evidence that it has colored your media broadcast for weeks now. If that's what you want, then that's okay. We're not hating for You gotta love social media, man. You gotta love it. You just gotta love it. People are so funny. Um, do you think that entities can be invited by or associated with music or other forms of media? And yes, I've had intrusive thoughts before. So there we go. Someone talking about that. Um, <clears throat> do I think entities can be invited or associated with music or other forms of media? 
Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that one. Uh, yes, what do you recommend one does when dealing with those moments of evil entities and psychic attacks? I've dealt with malicious thought from, malicious intent from people and thoughts of self-harm. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. I absolutely can relate. Okay, so I just want to make sure I'm not talking to myself here. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love it when people try to play psychologist with you. I am a, I am a life clinical therapist. Like, I understand triggers. I understand needing to know stuff. Um, all that stuff. And if, listen, if you go back and watch any of the stuff that I do, I just respond to this person that feels like it's okay to put comments like that. Um, if you go back and listen to anything I've done, I get fixated on topics. I get fixated on topics. I mean, it's hard. I, I just admitted a couple weeks ago, like, it's hard to keep coming up with new stuff. So, for you know, I've been fixated on consciousness. I've been fixated on ego. There was a time I was fixated on the left-hand path. So, I am using an experience in my life that I had with somebody who thought they were spiritually superior or thought they had a right to say the stuff that they said. And that stuff is so prevalent, man. It's so gross and disgusting, number one. It's rude and demeaning, number two. But, like, I don't think about it. I don't think about it at all except when I'm talking to other people to say, look, this stuff is out here and people can act this way. And you shouldn't listen to that garbage. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I need to start navel-gazing. See, that's the problem. Like, people want to get you navel-gazing. They want to tell you what's wrong with you. They want to literally want to remove the uh, speck from your eye and not see the plank in their own eye. And the reality is, gang, that, like, Jesus used the metaphor of something in your eye, not just because you can't see, but because if somebody comes and pokes you in the eye. Like sometimes when we're trying to correct people, particularly if we're trying to do it on social media, and I've done it too, so I get it. I'm not, you know, trying to be hypocritical here. But, yeah, don't be surprised if people don't appreciate it. Like they don't like being poked in the eye, even if there is a speck there or a blank there. So, anyway. And you can't go play, you know, some imaginary game where you're a prophet. Um, for, oh, that person just got triggered. It's not, like, it's so funny. Like, like people will point out your, what they think are your faults, what they, they see that's wrong in you. And then if you respond to it, they victimize themselves and play the victim. Oh, well, th that person's just, that person's got something in their life that's just getting triggered and they need to deal with it and they need to address it. Eh. Whatever. All right, so back to this. So what happens when this stuff comes at us? What do we do? Like, first off, you got to recognize that not everything that you think and not everything that you feel that's negative is you. It's one of the things they convinced us of in <clears throat> Christianity with the whole doctrine of original sin and stuff like that, right? So, like, if if I'm having, if there's something negative, if I'm having negative thoughts, if I'm having... um Thoughts of self-harm, if I'm having thoughts of harming other people, if I'm having thoughts that are uh, uh, offensive to me, that go against my core values, 
if I just get depressed out of nowhere, if I do get fixated on a person or a situation or an offense and I'm just fixated on it and it's affecting my quality of life. Um, if I get in a crowd and I suddenly have a panic attack, so it, it could be that someone else is having a panic attack and you're just very intuitive or you're very empathic and you're picking up on that stuff. Uh, like I said, it could be that somebody's just in hate with you. It could be that there's a prayer group that's praying for you. And so they're sending stuff. So the first thing is recognition. And usually, especially if it's low-level attacks, uh, then just recognizing this is not me. Just recognizing what's me, what's not me. This energy is not me. This depression is not me. This anxiety is not me. These thoughts of harm, they are not me. This is not my normal state or mood or way of being. This is very unusual for me. This is very out of character for me. Then chances are pretty good that it didn't originate from you, from your heart, from your core, from your center, but that it was like a wave of energy that you picked up somewhere or that came over you or that someone sent to you in the form of a thought form. And oftentimes that's enough. Oftentimes, that's enough. Oftentimes, if you can just say, wait a second, this isn't me. This isn't like me. This isn't how I am. This isn't how I normally act. This doesn't, this isn't consistent with my core values. This is coming from somebody else. This is coming from somewhere else. And you can just sort of shoot away then like a fly. Like sometimes that's enough to break the spell, right? That's enough to, to, for the fog to lift. Um, now, if that doesn't happen, that doesn't mean that it's you. <laughs> like, in other words, you can't just say, well, okay, maybe this isn't me. Maybe this is a psychic attack. Maybe there's some spiritual warfare here. Okay, I realize it. I realize this isn't me. And damn it, I'm still dealing with it today, just like I was dealing with it yesterday. Well, that doesn't mean... Um, <clears throat> That it's not a psychic attack or that it's not a spiritual attack or that it's not uh, a spiritual warfare or something. You see what I'm saying? In which case, um, what's always worked for me is, you know, because this would happen to me a lot when I was in ministry. Um <laughs> Happened to me a lot after ministry too with intercessory prayer groups that were trying to call me back into the fold. So just making affirmations to the contrary, taking authority over that stuff, speaking to that stuff. It's a thought form, so it's okay to speak to it, right? So I speak to this darkness, I speak to this uh, anxiety, I speak to this depression, I speak to this curse that has been placed over my life. And I break it up. I destroy it. I speak contrary to it. I speak affirmation. I speak life. I speak health. Um, I speak freedom. There's real power in that stuff. Um, <clears throat> and that, that can, you know, help as well. Now, I know this is really going to trigger the irreligious and non-religious folks on here. But there is power against 
many of these things, particularly if they're dark entities, real entities, not just thought forms, there can be power in praying. There can be power in religious symbolism. Now, in other words, you know, using the name of Jesus, using a cross, using holy water, those kinds of things. There can be real power in that. And I had a f- friend recently that, um, you know, their home was occupied by a, an entity, unquestionably, no doubt about it, poltergeist type stuff. And this person is Catholic, comes from a Catholic background, found the local Catholic exorcist, went in there with salt, holy water, crucifix, and cleansed the place. It cleansed it. Cleared it. Um, so there is power in that. Now, you don't have to, that doesn't mean you have to believe all the doctrines as to why. We can acknowledge that there's power in it without, and, and also recognize that we may not know the cause and effect correl, correlations as to why there is power in it. Um, it could just be because it's built up in the consciousness of the Western mind. Just like I talked about Jesus being an egregore or a thought form, like built up over many, many years by the faith and devotion of many, many people, creating a corporate thought form, creating an entity, right? So that doesn't all have to be bad. That doesn't all have to be negative. It could be that the in the West, these methods of, you know, blessing and holy water and the name of Jesus ever have built up so much power in the psyche or in consciousness itself that it does have efficacy against ill intent, malevolent entities, ghosts, spirits, demons, whatever you want to call them. But I know they're real. <laughs> like I'm not just, I'm not just, I'm not, I'm not trying to convince anybody. But I have experienced this many times. I've experienced cleansings. I've experienced hauntings and various different things like that. This was just one of the most recent. Um, so to say it's not real is just outside the realm of possibility for me. <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> Somebody said I like sassier thumbs, but I've been very sassy today. Uh, people are just weird, man. I just, I don't get why they do what they do. Um, I've also felt like I've seen evil spirits. Addiction, substance abuse, without question, opens the door to entities, demons. I've experienced this. Um, I, for one, need to process through verbal communication. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Ah, good point. Good point. Yeah, some of us are external processors. I'm very much an external processor, so I know exactly what you mean there. Uh, personally, I think it's totally fine to respond to being slandered and show some disgust to a situation like that. If you didn't have a negative response, that would be a usual gap for sure. I appreciate that comment. Again, I can see the comments, but I can't really see the names, so 
keep that in mind as I'm responding. One reason why I no longer disavow my ego, I know I am ego, and in that way no one can change me, no, charge me, <laughs> can charge me with having an ego, sorry. Trouble seeing too, I guess. Somebody said, awesome TV, how can we exercise our free will in this type of situation? you got to recognize it first. Again, I want to say you got to recognize it, and you have to resist it. And whatever is right for you, like there's no right or wrong way to do it. I mean, to be honest with you, it could be, this is going to drive some people nuts, but it could be just as powerful for you uh, if superheroes were important to you and symbols of power and strength. You could imagine a superhero coming and addressing that entity or that situation. It would probably be just as effective. It's finding what works for you. It's recognizing it and then finding what works for you. Certainly there are meditations that you can do where you can just feel yourself, see yourself full of light and then encompassed by light, almost like a protective force field and you can push those things out of your space, out of your power zone, if you will, and realize, you know, those thoughts and ideas and whatever don't have place in me. I don't have space for you right now. Um, at times I feel powerless and unable to see the big picture when I'm in survival mode. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. I get that. I have empathy for that. Um, so some of them I can see the names on. So Debbie says, so much of what you are describing is what human design calls the not self. It is usually very deeply conditioned by society, family, church, etc. Yes. Um, how can we feel when we pray if we have been through religious trauma? Um, that is a great question. That would probably be worth, that probably deserves a video in and of itself. Um, because we all have different triggers to our traumas. Um, I know I still have trouble going back to church. I still have trouble reading the Bible. <clears throat> I still get triggered uh, about certain stuff in my nervous system. <clears throat> and uh, so we're all going to have different triggers that trigger our trauma. And for some people, prayer certainly do that. I would say any certain types of prayer definitely does that. Um, someone else says, I was listening to a video the other day about portals, how antique paintings and mirrors are portals for entities, depending where those mirrors came from. A mirror in particular absorbs so much energy, often negative energies. Interesting. So thankful for this conversation because it is so easy to swing so far the other way while deconstructing. Yeah, that's kind of was my original point, right? Like we can just end up doing these reaction formations. Um, but definitely, so the whole point to this video for me is that definitely you can have things that affect your life, that affect your moods, that affect your mind, that affect your way of thinking, that do not originate with you. And those things very often can be just psychic attacks. 
In other words, somebody else cooking that up, cooking, cooking up a nice little uh, batch of depression for you while they're ruminating about how much they hate you uh, and sending it your way. Or like I said, people who are well-intentioned, who are praying for you, um, but they're not, you didn't ask them to pray for you. They're not praying anything for you that's in alignment with your own will or in alignment with your own intention. And so how's that supposed to work? I wonder, I've always wondered this, like if I'm praying something for you or somebody's praying something for you and it's not in alignment with your intentions for yourself, it's not aligned with your own free will and God honors your free will. Doesn't that just feel yucky? Doesn't that just feel yucky? I mean, I know we think we're doing it for that person's good, but doesn't it feel yucky to think that you know what's good for someone better than they know for themselves? Doesn't it feel yucky that you know the life plan or the life path for someone better than they know it for themselves? Um, and so doing things that aren't aligned with people's intentions, uh, you, you know, what would we call that? If we, if we did that in any other way but praying, we uh we are going to use any other method or means to get you to go against your own consent. What would we call that? But somehow if we baptize it in prayer and religion and attach the name of Jesus to it or whatever, then we think it's okay. It's not okay. It's just not okay. It's just not. It's not civil. It's not respecting that other person's life path. It's not respecting their intentions. It's not respecting their beliefs. It's not respecting their boundaries. Um, and that's probably why you don't have a lot of friends. Because <laughs> you go poke people in the eye all the time. I'm just saying, like, we learn to do that, especially in the prophetic movement, man. We were authorized and anointed to tell people, to violate people's boundaries because the Lord had shown us. I got a discernment about you, brother. Um, <clears throat> the Lord is showing me this about you. You can't see the wickedness of your own heart, so I got to reveal it to you. This is complete nonsense, man. It's complete nonsense. And, yes, it triggers me. It bothers me badly because uh, I was part of that movement. I participated in that. I perpetrated that stuff, right? So I'm a former offender here to tell you, like, this is how offenders work, <laughs> right? Like, uh, like if there was, uh, I'm trying to be careful because this is going out publicly, but, you know, like if there was uh, uh, a group that, you know, showed up at, to your, what is that, neighborhood watch party, and, uh, and uh, told you. This is how, this is what we would look for, right? Like somebody that was a thief or a burglar, show up your neighborhood watch party and tell you, this is the type of house we would look for. This is the type of house we wouldn't look for. This is the type of victim we'd look for. This is the type we wouldn't look, look for. So I'm just saying, like, if you buy into that crap, man, you're going to be victimized. And your best defense against it is to realize that it's all just a bunch of garbage. And that just because someone's anointed or spiritual or has a YouTube channel or 
uh, has had signs and wonders or has signs and wonders uh, does not mean at all that they are authorized to be a dick. That <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> that gives them right to violate civility, that that gives them a right to violate your space, that that gives them a right to violate your boundaries, that that gives them a right to basically try to do a, a to basically try to do a mind fuck on you. Like, it's not okay. But if you don't have a good sense of boundaries, if you have a tendency to obsess and worry and think too much, do too much navel gazing, belly gazing, or you have too much time on your hands, so you have too much time to just sit there and think because you're not productive or busy uh, for whatever reason. There can be lots of reasons that we're not productive or busy. That's not meant to be put out to shame anybody at all for anything. Um, I'm just saying, like, uh, if you have a tendency to do that, if you have a tendency to think, oh, my gosh, what did I do wrong? And see, that's the problem. I guess that's what bothers me so much about it. If I'm really honest, that's what bothers me. Because there's so many people that grow up the scapegoat in their family. Um, what I mean by scapegoat in their family, they took the blame for everything in the family. Uh, they grew up in codependent families where they feel like it's their responsibility to make other people feel better. They have a shame-based core identity. So, of course, if something happens, it's got to be their fault. There's got to be something that they did wrong. And so you can end up, if you get around those types of spiritual leaders or people, and you let them into your life in any way, shape, or form, then there are just so many people that can be predisposed to that kind of like any interaction, it's like, oh, I must have done something wrong. There must have been something in me. There must have been a blind spot in me. And people who think like that, you you think like that because somewhere along the way, you got into an abusive, toxic system, whether it was family or church or both, right? And so these people are very vulnerable to that kind of BS. And so I just think it's really important to say, look, do you, man, like it's okay to have your beliefs. It's okay to have your issues and your problems. It's okay to not be okay. What's dangerous is to let someone interject something into your life, interject something into your mind, invade your space, and try to put something on you that does not belong to you, that was never there in the first place. That's the problem. That's the danger. It was never there in the first place. They didn't even have an accurate discernment. Even if they had an accurate discernment, it would not be okay to act the way this individual acted towards me. But they're completely deranged and deluded in their discernment. <laughs> completely. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy. And so it just bothers me that there are other people out there that are vulnerable to this kind of manipulation. I guess at the end of the day, because of my life experience, because of hurts and pains and things that I caused unknowingly, um, because the way I was trained, the way I was brought up in ministry, not not by my family, I had a good upbringing, but the way my spiritual fathers and mothers
There's that's another thing that's just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Spiritual fathers and mothers. I don't need a father or mother. What? Ugh. Another thing that's just horribly offensive. Like, if you think you need a spiritual father and mother, what are you saying about your own father and mother? Like, they didn't do their job? And maybe they didn't. And maybe you do need some healing. Maybe you do need some mentors. Maybe you didn't do need some people who represent for you healthy feminine and healthy masculine in your life so that you can properly integrate and individuate. But chances are pretty good if that person that's going to model that for you is not going to be talking about being your spiritual mother or your spiritual father. Like that, like that's a pretty good indication that that is not going to be a healthy thing for you. Uh, in other words, if, if you're being drawn to a spiritual mother because you didn't have a good connection with your mother, or you're being drawn to a spiritual father because you had an abusive father, then chances are pretty good you're being drawn to a spiritual mother who's just going to perpetrate the same kind of treatment on you as the mother that you did have and leave you even more wounded or the same thing with the spiritual father. The spiritual father is going to perpetrate on you in some way, shape or form the same sort of type of mistreatment to put the same sort of uh, deficits back into your life rather than to heal them. That's a pretty damn good um, uh, possibility there. Um Yeah, somebody says, thanks for saying that. The place I came out of was big on spiritual fathers. Um, yeah. Ugh. Yucky. <laughs> yucky, yucky, yucky. Uh, this person says, yes, uh, this spiritual parenting, did, did, all it did was create codependency uh, on me, or codependency in me. Amazing how I used to assume everyone around me we're on the same journey using the same map that I was living by, but none of us come from the same place in life. Exactly. Exactly. Great point. Um, yeah, that whole spiritual parenting thing is just a recipe for disaster. Um, so, yeah, that definitely creates codependency and all that stuff. So just help people. Like, like, so here's my point. Like, I guess, like, spiritual manipulation, taking advantage of people, who have wounds, um, who have and deal with a lot of shame and stuff like that, just for your own ego gratification, just so you can feel like you're important, just so you can feel like you're actually doing something, just so you feel like you, you're changing the world, uh, you can feel like you're changing the world or you're making a difference in people's lives or whatever. Um, it's really gross to me. It's really, really gross. So... Um, I feel like it's a scam, kind of like the shepherding movement. Yeah, for sure. Don't trust your heart is pre-adult grooming. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. Ouch. Um, I agree with you. Uh... <laughs> Many pesos in the spiritual father. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Many pesos. I got it now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm making money off you. Just crazy because at least not yet. I haven't made any money off my own kids. <laughs> Even in the Bible, it says the spirit that the parent should provide for the child. Paul says this in one place. 
Like, not that I desire a gift from you because the parents should provide for the children, but, boy, you never heard that one preached at a pastor's conference. Um, all right, everybody. I've gone on long enough here on my little rant. Sassy Aaron today. <laughs> I love it. If you enjoyed this, let me know. If you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Um, and uh, appreciate all of you for spending your time with me, whether you watch this uh presently or by replay um if i offended you with something that i said um then uh get a life no (laughs) (laughs) no if i if i uh uh, sharing my perspective on these and these issues so hopefully i um did it in a way that was humorous and helpful uh, and edifying. And uh, those of you that are my friends that I know don't agree with anything that I said here, you know I love you anyway, and I know you love me. So anyway, everybody have a great rest of your Sunday. Thanks for watching, and I will be with you. Uh, so Monday, um, I won't be able to do something Monday night. I've got an obligation Monday night for those of you that are in the Facebook group. If you're not in the Facebook group, you can find the link in my bio. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, hit subscribe, like, hit the notification bell, you know, all that stuff. Like and share and help the algorithms and comment and all that good stuff. Um, Or if you're not part of the New Day Global Facebook group, you can find the link in my bio on YouTube. um, Or you can just type in New Day Global and search the Facebook groups, and you'll find it. It's a private group. You have to agree to the rules and whatever to be able to join. Um, I still get people who don't do that, and so if you sent, you know, tried to join and you're not in, that's why. You may have to do it again. Um, but I'll try and do something this week sometime, uh, but I won't be able to do it Monday. Uh, I've got some other obligations. i got a lot going on, really, really busy right now, a lot of really good things going on in life. It's keeping me really busy, um, so I haven't been able to get as many YouTube videos and stuff done either. Um, but I'll try and get some stuff done and out to you guys this week in the Facebook group. So, uh, anyway, love you guys, and I will talk to you, see you, read your comments next week. Bye.